Your story. It lives in River City. Where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel. Where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another. Where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha. Told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. It is Chad Jensen, Zach Kelberman, coming to you live on YouTube and Facebook, simulcasting live this gut reaction episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Your Denver Broncos just lost a tremendously ugly game to the Kansas City Chiefs 30-6. to They allowed the Kansas City Chiefs, without Patrick Mahomes for more than half of the game, <clears throat> to put up 30 points on him. And uh, we got a lot to dissect, but off the cuff, Zach – I mean, the the deepest of the gut reaction, what's your reaction, brother? Oh, God, Flacco, like we were talking about. Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, the offensive line, the coaching. Vic Fangio in this game coaching like it was a Week 17 meaningless game. There is so much I want to get off my chest for this one. There's literally no positives to take out of this game. Justin Simmons and Cortland Sutton, that's literally it. And they didn't even do anything. to. They didn't find the end zone. They didn't do anything to warrant any sort of praise. That's how bad the game was, though. There is literally no positive. This is one of the worst performances I've seen from the Broncos since I've been covering them. Far and away, considering the expectations, considering losing the, the reigning MVP for the game. You're getting sunned by Matt Moore in the year 2019. What is even happening? Yeah. If now listen, let me just say this. I know it's not all Joe Flacco's fault. Okay. That that off offensive line was a sieve tonight, but Joe Flacco only compounds it and makes it worse. I mean, that strip sack that led to the scoop and score for the Chiefs, that's on Joe Flacco, dude. And yep. for multiple reasons, that's on Joe Flacco. That is that belies a twelfth year veteran. I mean, he's just he's dead in the eyes, dude. I don't know where the light went in this guy's Aura, his, he's just flatline. Now, you used to be able to say in the old days of Joe Flacco when he was at his peak that, you know, that cold, that, that cold um, emotion served him well. Zach, nothing is serving Joe Flacco well right now. And, and we're going to dive into it, dissect it all here tonight. And we're going to get to what you guys, uh, what's on your minds here, help you exercise some demons. Cody says, I'm just here to listen to someone try to convince me that Joe Flacco isn't a problem. Well, Oh, you might as well sign God. off now because we're, we're not about to tell you Joe Flacco is not a problem. He's a problem. It's a DEFCON 5 problem right now for, for the Denver Broncos. And it's one so extreme, Zach, that even John Elway can't look away and he can't ignore this. 
No, and I see some of the comments. Someone said I was right about Joe Flacco. And I, listen, I take no pleasure in being right about Flacco or, or, or kind of predicting this sort of game form. I said the Broncos really haven't played a quality opponent, and they'll. this is a barometer for them. They'll either rise to the challenge or wither. And they withered pretty much from the first series after they scored, and they just can't come back from any sort of miscue. They go into a shell, and Flacco just uh, – he's the catalyst for that. He walks into sacks. He, Like you mentioned, Chad, dead eyes, no emotion, no fire. What is it going to take for this guy to even raise his voice bring his head up whether the Broncos score or he throws a pick or he gets sacked he always hangs his head it's always the same mannerisms show some fire where is that are you collecting a paycheck is that all it is are you another mercenary quarterback do you know that you're not the future uh you have no fire left to play in the NFL I just don't understand what happened to a once proud player he comes to Denver and he just goes into a literal shell he's a husk that's all he is at this point what William has to say here, that that was an embarrassment. The Broncos have a lot of work to do. Using the E word, embarrassing, that's the one thing. That's the one reason for optimism in my mind that John Elway is, is going to face some facts after tonight. He has to because that was an embarrassment on the national stage. In fact, let me grab this real quick. Andrew Mason had a tweet uh, right before we went live. He says, uh, the Broncos six points. Mustard is the fewest the Broncos have ever scored in any of their 71 home primetime games. That's an embarrassment. Okay. And not only that, you're supposed to have your dander up for the Chiefs. This is your opportunity to snap a seven game losing streak at the hands of a di- division rival. This is your chance to climb in the division and prove to everyone that your season wasn't lost in that first quarter of, of the year in which you went 0 4. This was it, man. The chips were down. Flacco folded early. He he folded early, and it wasn't all on him. Let's let's be clear about that. But he contributed to it. I mean, if you look at, I don't even know how many sacks was it? Eight? Was it nine? I last I checked, last I checked it was nine. Yeah, they're going for the record. <laughs> okay, that's that's bad, and that's on the tackles especially. But it's also on Joe Flacco, dude. He does not help those guys from holding the ball too long to missing pressure pre snap to just having. We talk about the. Helen Keller, deaf and dumb in terms of pocket presence. Joe Flacco, it's like, what are you seeing out there? How can you sit and hold on to the ball on such a deep drop? That pressure, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And Zach, we're gonna we're gonna get to more what our, our listeners and viewers currently have to say here. But first, a quick reminder to everybody: make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. Also, you know, you can uh, head over to my bookie. And use promo code OVERTIME if you want to put some wagers on this week's games in the NFL coming on Sunday. And they'll match your first deposit 100% if you use the code OVERTIME. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world. But he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, He's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. 
Listen to The Prince from The Economist wherever you get your podcasts. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at alliantenergy.com/rebates. All right, Zach, let's uh let's get to what some of these guys our listeners and viewers have to say here. Here's something I know that's on the minds of everybody on the heels of this. The Broncos are two and five. Miller, Chris Harris Jr., Sanders, gone by next week. Now, I'm not so sure about that, but it does bring up, you know, the Broncos were able to kind of put it to the side for a couple of weeks in the face of that winning streak, the idea of making available any of the veterans who they don't envision with the team beyond 2019. Von Miller is not a part of that equation. Unless Von Miller himself walks up to John Elway's office and says, get me the heck out of here, which I really don't see happening, he's, he's not going anywhere. But Chris Harris Jr., Emmanuel Sanders, both in a contract year, doesn't appear as if the Broncos have interest in keeping them beyond this season. Zach, was this the final death knell in that talking point? Is it time for John Elway to not only listen to offers, but maybe pick up the phone and see what he can gin up? Yeah, if they were to keep winning, I think he would have listened to offers but not really make them or initiate them. But now, I mean, if you can recoup any sort of draft pick, get any sort of compensation back for a player that's probably not going to be on the roster next year, and now what's what we know is now a rebuilding season or at least an evaluation period, I would expect he picks up the phone. But like I've always been saying, it takes two to tango. You have to find a trade partner, and if some of these other teams don't want an older asset, an injured mm-hmm. asset, a, a low upside asset like they have, and Vaughn isn't getting traded. If anything, maybe something will happen in the offseason. Maybe he go to Elway's office, but it's not happening right now. Yeah. I don't really think anyone gets traded, but I do think Elway now has to pick up the phone and look in the mirror and say to himself, we're not competing this season. Let's see what I can get, and let's stockpile the cupboard and the draft picks for 2020 and beyond. If he was the least bit competent, he would at least try to attempt that sort of maneuver. Appreciate it from Darth Schwartz here, $5 on Super Chat. Big thanks to any and all who yes. contribute to the show Thank you on guys. Super Chat. That goes a long way. We appreciate you guys. He says, now they are doing the Tomahawk Chiefs chant in our stadium. Elway has to go. We have to make Joe Ellis understand this. Well, it's that's not going to happen. So long as ownership stays as is, John Elway's not going anywhere, Zach. I was going to say, though, the only thing that could expedite change, at least in season, if you want change to happen in any sort of the Broncos hierarchy, don't show up to the games anymore. Don't buy tickets. Don't support the team. Don't buy gear. That's how you, you hit them the hardest is in their wallet, their pocketbook. So if you want changes to happen, I don't think any massive changes are coming imminently, but just don't let it happen. Don't go to the games. Don't don't feed that fuel, and then they will get the message, and they're going to have to uh, sort of cave to that fan pressure. Daniel, you cannot succumb to this thinking process. Blaming Flacco is like blaming Lindsey because he couldn't run behind that O-line. Listen, yes, part the, the O-line played terribly. The tackles played terribly. I mean, the whole O-line didn't play well, especially in the running game. They couldn't open up anything against a really weak Chiefs front seven. But the tackles in particular are what led to all that pressure. And I would say half of it's on them. But Flacco only makes it worse, okay? You in, in the face of tackle pressure like that where it's coming off the edge, you have to have your head on a swivel. You have to anticipate that, Zach. you got to see what's coming pre-snap 
once the ball is snapped, you got to have a feel. You got to be able to step up. You got to know where your hot read is. You're not seeing that from Joe Flacco. The light is out of his eyes. He's gone. He's he's a dead man walking. He's already cashed in his chips. Mm-hmm. As you said, I think he's like, look, I'm I'm making a cool 19 mil this year, whatever it ends up being. <laughs> and uh, you know, the the writing was on the wall when they drafted Drew Locke. Let the chips fall. I think that's a good point. I, I really think that the drafting of Drew Locke and the addition behind him really kind of took the wind out of Flacco's sails. He was all in when he first got to Denver, and he was reassured or assured that he'd be the understood quarterback. Then the Broncos go out and trade for Drew Locke, who is you know obviously the future of the franchise potentially, and we haven't seen any sort of fire, any sort of intensity the preseason and practice, now the regular season. So I have to wonder, like you said, Chad, tinfoil hat time, is it the Drew Locke presence? Is that what made Flacco so apt? pathetic is that his personality what is the reason the light bulb went off and is it ever going to come back on i don't know man i think i mean we've had these conversations now dating back to week one and i was one of these guys let me remind all of our listeners some of you that are viewing live on on facebook might not realize this but i've been one of the i was one of the guys in the offseason that was trying to be optimistic about joe flacco i saw i thought maybe he could come in and have a kind of jake Plummer circa 0304 type of impact on this this team as a veteran comes in keeps batting down the hatches focus on the running game take your shots play a efficient ball know your strengths understand your weaknesses you know win with the defense win with the running game that's not how it shook out it's just not it's a categorical unquestionable failure and scott here says was it just me or did it look like Lindsay was pissed at flacco on that last pass that could have got him leveled yeah should be was. was a hospital ball yeah absolutely Tyler says, Joe Flacco doesn't deserve his starting job. I take Brandon Allen over him right now. Oh, I was waiting. I mean, I, look, rationally, I knew the Broncos weren't going to make a quarterback change because not so much that they were, weren't were disgusted by Joe Flacco's play, but more for the fact that it would it, it would make them even look worse, right? More egg on the face, more of a public admission of they yeah. they made a huge mistake. But still, do you think Brandon Allen – I mean – He's he's a lot more mobile than Joe Flacco. He's significantly younger. I think Brandon Allen could have come in, even with him having zero snaps in the NFL in a regular season game. I think he could have come in and done significantly better than Joe Flacco in that second half. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about Joe Flacco, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the compulsion at this point the Broncos should have on getting Drew Locke ready to go for week nine at the soonest, week 11 at the latest, I don't know what will. How about telling about the Broncos that we're talking about Brandon Allen being the replacement for Joe Flacco? What year are we in right now? And what is even happening with this Broncos organization? But yeah, the only reason, the only reason Allen did not see the field is to protect Joe Flacco because they know as soon as they made that change, it would open them up to potential uh, narratives, quarterback changes, or you have confidence in Flacco by keeping him out there and subjecting him to more abuse. It's the status quo, and they kind of ward off those those potential stories. But it just wasn't a good look for a team that was not competitive at all tonight in the least. You guys, Dion makes a great point here. Think about it, guys. <clears throat> the points on that first drive almost didn't even happen. The Broncos did not convert on two third downs. Thankfully, two Chiefs penalties kept drive the drive alive. They ended up getting six. It, was, it could have been even worse. Could you imagine? I mean, the end result in the standings wouldn't change anything, but could you imagine? The Broncos getting shut out at home, thirty to six, half of the or thirty to nothing, half of the game without Patrick Mahomes. It's 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 incomprehensible. I I don't understand how they don't have more of a fight in them, and and to not 
do something against this Kansas City defense, which was so soft, like we broke down during the week, to not be able to move the ball into the end zone again beyond the first drive of the game. And, and then for not only that, to not get one two-point conversion, which was questionable enough, and the play calling was questionable on that play, but for that to be the reason that your whole game was torpedoed, that you go into a shell, I mean, how soft, toilet paper soft, do you have to be mentally and, and emotionally as a team? Bad news. Steven, thank you. $50 on Super Appreciate Chat. You, I can't, that's amazing. That, thank you, man. That uh, ties a personal best from Miss Christie. Appreciate Steven says, can't wait for Drew Locke. Can't wait for Drew Locke. Let's shift the conversation just for a second about where the team can go from here as it regards Drew Locke. He officially could practice this week, but as Fangio said, he was kind of robbed of that because it was a short week. But And I'll, I'll get an email from the team uh, later tonight, if not in the morning, about what the practice schedule is going to be, the availability schedule is going to be between now and next week. And that should tell us a little bit more how soon Drew can get out on the field in terms of practice. But week eight, he can practice. After week eight is done, he can officially be activated and on this roster, backing up Flacco, if not replacing him week nine. Yeah, and if they keep looking this bad, it's only a matter of time before we do see Drew on the field. But I have a feeling the Broncos are going to do everything in their power and give Flacco every single chance to stay on the field and avoid those narratives like we were talking about, those potential storylines. I have no doubt we'll see Drew. It's just in terms of how long and when that happens. Big Daddy Kane with 10 bucks on Super Chat. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Here's something Jeremy says. Who is responsible for calling that ridiculous fake punt play well it was probably cooked up by mcmahon the the coordinator but signed off on by vic fangio vic fangio has been at times quite loose and aggressive and i don't necessarily begrudge him that i kind of like seeing it the execution just hasn't been there most of the time when uh fangio has kind of put his cashews on the table that was, I think, the worst fake punt I've ever seen this side of the Colts against the Patriots where they just had no idea what they were doing. I don't know why they attempted to play too aggressive. It's almost like they were they were wilting and they were at the two-point conversion. They didn't have any confidence in their defense. It just seemed like they were playing very uh, too aggressive, too loose with the ball, not playing down to their strengths. They're not a trick kind of team. And for them to do those kind of things in succession, that's a rookie coach making a rookie mistake. Dion asks, your opinion, if Drew wasn't hurt, do you think he'd be starting next week or would Elway keep going to Flacco? Honestly, Zach, at 2-5 and five, after what we just witnessed and considering that the Broncos have converted six third downs in, I think it's up to now the last 38 attempts, I think Drew Locke would be activated because it's kind of like a mini bye week. You know, right. um, playing on a short week, they don't have to play again until a week from this coming Sunday. It's a mini bye. I, th- I do think that they'd be getting Drew Locke ready. What do you think? I think after that losing streak, too, the calls for Locke would have been just incredible. I don't think you can ignore them with how bad Flacco has played. But if it it played out as it did in real life, if he would have got a a two-game winning streak going, it would have bought him the same time it buys him now. Uh, So, you know, it would have been a question. Fangio would have faced more questions about it and would have been more pressure. I don't think they would have yanked Flacco considering how they've invested in him through only, you know, not even the first half of the season. Driscoll Jones says, can Jake Butt come off injured reserve and take over for Fant, please? <laughs> um, yeah, Jake Butt, if his if his knee is any better, and you know we'll see once he starts practicing on it, because that's the problem with Jake Butt is everything looks good, then he gets out there and, and practices on it, puts some pressure, puts some work into that knee, and then a, a setback. And So we'll see. I wouldn't count on it, though. But yeah, Noah Fant, I think part of that 
also, Zach, with Noah Fant struggling is, A, it's typical of all rookie tight ends. B, no one on that offense is getting any kind of energetic leadership or confidence from their quarterback, dude. I mean, everyone's playing with their you-know-what's in the dirt because Joe Flacco brings nothing to the table. Not only is his actual play and execution terrible, but he he's there's no fire, dude. There's no confidence. There's no building up his dudes. Now, sure, things are probably said in the huddle, but like he's not showing it out on his sleeve. Let me just say, it's so nice to go through the comments chat and see all the people apologizing to us or saying they agree with us now that they're anti-Flacco. Again, Chad and I take no pleasure in that, but I will say this. I will say this. I'm not a Flacco fan, but he threw a dime to Fant that Fant just flat out dropped. He has to make that catch. That was all Noah Fant. The guy was drafted to be a pass catcher. Like Chad said, they do take time to develop, but that's a pass a a JV uh, kid would make. You have to make that grab, and and Flacco made a really nice uh, ball on that play. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Kathleen said that on the uh, I'm it scooted by a little too fast there. These comments are coming in so hot and heavy. I can't keep them. I can't keep them up on the screen as as long as I would like to. But she brought up that on the national uh, radio broadcast, they said, "What is going on with Joe Flacco giving up in the third quarter?" Yeah, that's how bad it was, and that's what I'm saying. Zach is it was pretty palpable that he had given up. That he was done. And that's why I think from an embarrassment level, that was enough for John Elway. I, I really do think this. That was enough for John Elway to officially put the wheels in motion for Drew Locke. The whole team gave up, and as I tweeted, they were down three touchdowns with over eight minutes left. I mean, they weren't going to make a comeback, but it wasn't impossible from happening either. To wave the white flag at that point to say, okay, uh, let's run the clock out, that's a cowardly move. That, that's a, it's a very anti what, what Fangio has been preaching the entire offseason. So I did not like that from them at all. I want more aggressiveness, and uh, the whole team, it looks just from top to bottom, is soft. No energy, no fight, just soft. Amber says, why didn't the defense get more takeaways with Matt Moore at the helm? And that's a good point. They were close a lot of times. There was a a few errant balls and a few tipped passes that the Broncos were close, but this was just one of those games, Amber, in which you're uh, close but no cigar. And the defense played an admirable game. I mean, if you think about it, 
you take away the touchdowns, 23 points the, on Flacco's strip sack. So they gave up 23 points, and that's not great. And I get it that, uh, let's see, I guess that deep pass to Tyreek Hill, that did come from more. So I think it was an admirable effort from the Broncos defense in the face of how bad the offense was, but still not good enough. This is one of those things where the straw broke the camel's back. Elway needs to step in and do something or else Fangio, you know, he's a, he's a first year head coach. You never know which direction this thing can go in terms of locker room mutinies. And it can get so much uglier than it even feels right now. If the actual leadership of this team doesn't do something. I will say that the offense, uh, they weren't great either, but the defense it was really put in bad positions with the fake punts and with the kind of the way the offense was playing. Uh, but there's no excuse to get roasted by Matt Moore. And if this doesn't say that Chris Harris Jr. is not a top cornerback in the NFL anymore, I mean, he got just straight up owned by Tyree Kill, and it was just uh, the cherry on top of just a, a crap Sunday all around. Trevor says, wow, guys, I've been defending Flacco all year. Sorry, I'm absolutely 100% ready for our future with Drew Locke. I can handle growing pains all year with Locke compared to the lackluster no-hope crap. And that's part of it. I mean, that's a, that's a, some great insight there, Trevor, is we all knew once this team went 0-4, playoffs were they're gone. So give, give the fans something to hope for. Give the fans something to believe in. Give the fans a reason to tune in and show up to the stadium and tailgate and participate in the culture that is Broncos country. Flacco is literally a death knell. He brings nothing to the table at this stage. Honestly, it, it was so bad tonight, Zach. If I'm John Elway, I'm Vic Fangio. I'm talking about putting in Brandon Allen short term because I can't I can't <laughs> save any face if I start Flacco again after this performance on the heels of two previous lackluster performances. And just make it clear, I would make some kind of public announcement that yes, as quickly as I can, we're getting locked out onto the field. And we're making a quarterback change in the short term just to see what we've got in Allen. This has now become a see what we've got in players type of season. Yeah, first of all, Trevor, you're forgiven. Any you know pro Flacco guy wants to come around now. We, we you see the light and you see with Flacco for what he really is. It's just the rock and the hard place for Elway. If you yank Flacco, he's admitting again that another high price quarterback addition he made that he invested in fairly recently and tied himself to did not work out, and he's being either pulled for a uh, a journeyman in Brandon Allen or a rookie in a rookie coming off an injury in Drew Locke. So it's really a catch-22 for Elway. But I agree with you to maintain any sort of hope or or or, or semblance of respect within the fan base. you got to have the lock hype train moving again. It was stalled. It was running really hot when it was on track. He's got to get it back. The playoffs are out of reach. It's over. It's done. It ain't happening. So let's get that out of everyone's minds. Again, this has now become officially a what? let's see what we have in players on the roster type of season. Chris says, do we really want Locke behind this O-line? Makes me nervous for his development. It could mirror Lynch's confidence downfall. First of all, Lynch's confidence downfall took place because of events that took that happened on the practice field, not the field of play. Okay, So let's get that out of the way on the side and answer the question at hand. Do we really want Locke behind this O-line? Zach, if we look forward a couple of weeks, Juwan James will be back by then. Maybe Garrett Bowles gets benched. We'll see what happens after – another multi-flag performance from him. But you have to let him bump his head. It's just like if you're raising a kid, you know, once they start walking, they're going to fall and bump their head. And there's times that you save them from, you know, cracking it against the corner of a coffee table. But most of the time you have to let them fall and pick themselves back up. That's how they learn. That's how John Elway learned as a quarterback entering this league back in 1983. And the funny thing about it, Zach, is before he became, I've talked about this a few times, but before John Elway became a front office czar and he had the demands 
and the pressures of winning now, he was on record as a Hall of Fame quarterback of, of saying the best way for a young quarterback to develop is to play as soon as possible, as early as possible. Now, once he becomes a front office GM, his tune changes due to the pressures of winning now. Well, look, you're not, you have nothing left to compete for this year. You may not have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but it's over. Drew Locke's going to come in, hopefully get better right tackle play out of Juwan James. You know, if you can still get to, to it, the last few games before tonight, Zach proved that Mike Munchak can reach Garrett Bowles, and when he does, he can play at a, at least a solid level. I'm okay with rolling the dice and, and seeing how Drew Locke can comport himself and how he can handle himself behind a less than stellar offensive line because that's how he's going to learn, dude. That's the NFL. You know, Patrick Mahomes has been playing behind a terrible O-line all season long. And yes, he got hurt. He's been hurt. But it was bad last year, too. So that's just the nature of the NFL. You got to let him go out there and play. It's trial by fire. It is the only way you can develop. The Aaron Rodgers of the world, okay, that's the exception that proves the rule. And I maintain that to this day. Uh, but can he reach Garrett Bowles? I mean, is Mike Monchak working any sort of magic? Bowles looked atrocious tonight, and it seems like it's just it's a temporary fix that wears off, kind of like Narcan. It wears off eventually, and you're going to need medical assistance permanently. He doesn't have that. He needed a brain transplant, Garrett Bowles. He's not going to get it. In terms of Drew Locke, though, I wouldn't say that Pax Lens is anything com- comparable. It's apples and bowling balls. I, he's a more pro-ready quarterback, Drew Locke. Pax Lynch's confidence was hurt before he even stepped foot on the practice field. He's going to take his lumps. He's going to get sacked. But I think the energy he would bring to this offense would ignite the entire group. The plays would be called that would be, I think, fit better for his arm than Joe Flacco. I just think he's going to get sacked. You can't keep him in bubble wrap forever. you got to see what you have. And, and I think it'll lead to more good than bad plays overall. Cole says, you guys have talked about it but before, uh, but it's still mind-numbing how many of Flacco's passes get batted down. It really is. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think part of it is he just – he doesn't see the field very well, and he doesn't adjust his arm angles and his technique and his natural athletic gifts aren't such that he can still get the ball out without it being his perfect platform. And thus, he throws it at a down angle. He's tall. It comes down. Whereas Drew Locke's one of those quarterbacks, you look at a scouting report going into last year's draft, one of the plus columns was the fact that he could throw off platform, different arm angles. I want to see that out on the field. I want to see an athlete. I want to see a young guy that has something to prove. I want to see someone out there that's that's got some fires at It'd also be nice to see a quarterback scrambling. Doesn't look like a hurt baby deer oh, running outside geez. the pocket. It's it's common watching Flacco run. I mean, it's just it's a simple thing a human being should be able to do, and he makes it look as hard as possible. So by getting Drew Locke in that game, you get the mobility, the pocket presence, the and the uh, the playmaking ability. There's no downfall or downside to having Locke on the field. There really isn't. Jeremy, we didn't. I I didn't catch Legwald's article today regarding the current dysfunction within the organization. However. I mean, yeah, I know I, we all know what's going on, and I've been told things that I can't report about what's going on, and it's it's not pretty, and it's magnified by losing, and it's magnified even worse and compounded when you get embarrassed on a national stage. Let's see here from – did you see that article while I'm finding this this comment? I, I that? Yeah, I didn't see that. I, I didn't check it out either. Uh, Russell says, Bobby, Vaughn hasn't given up. Look at the tape. The coverage is so loose and moving towards zone than the man-to-man, no-fly zone that Vaughn doesn't have time to get to the quarterback. I don't think Vaughn's given up, per se, at least not on a conscious level. But this is, again, what is this, the fourth season post-Super Bowl 50 in which he has um, had to suffer through 
the defense having to try and carry the team, getting no help edgewise from the offense. On a conscious level, no, I don't think he's given up. On a subconscious level, you can't help but wonder how much this has impacted his play, how much it's impacted him on an emotional level, which then trickles down to his play, Zach. Yeah, I agree with Sheldon's comment right there. Vaughn looked mad at the end of the game. I, it showed him. He, the camera zoomed on his face. He just looked He looked really ticked off, and I think he's really reaching the end of his rope. He's not going to make waves publicly. I don't think he's going to storm into Elway's office, but you can tell, like Chad said, the guy has done everything for this Broncos defense and this Broncos team the last couple of years, and he just can't shoulder load anymore. He can't do it mentally. He can't do it physically. I think he's growing a little tired. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens in the offseason. But I definitely see the exasperation on his face. Let me just say one thing. Uh, It's weird when Vaughn gets to the quarterback. It's weird that we get surprised that he gets a sack. It's just a weird season for Vaughn overall. It really is. It's hard. It's inexplicable. That means you can't explain it, okay? Um, Andrew, thanks for the five bucks on Super Chat. Appreciate you, brother. He says, Elway needs to do something about Flacco and Bowles. We agree, brother. That's what we've been saying this whole night. Now, let me grab this email. One of our listeners, Jacob Doan, wanted to send in an actual email, and I won't share the screen. I'll just read it to you. He says, fellas, I fought the good fight for a long time. I thought Flacco was getting too much crap. He's not great, but he's not the problem either, I thought. I will say the O-line did him no favors, but that was just uninspired. Holy cow, you were right. My apologies. Here are my orange-colored glasses, though. Locke will play this year. With any luck, he can play with a Juwan James back, and the O-line won't totally kill him. Locke will, uh, Locke will lead this team to a victory over KC in Week 15. He'll play a lights-out team against his home team, the team he grew up rooting for, by the way, breaking the drought of losses to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I have to look forward to this year from Jacob Doan via emails at. Yeah, I mean, you can look forward to the the future of the Broncos. It doesn't look very bright right now, but you have young players in Cortland Sutton. You have Bradley Chubb coming back next year. Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, uh, and and some of these defensive players you can really build around. And obviously, Locke is, is the engine that will make it go. He's the missing ingredient here. Get him on the field. See what happens. If you don't have anything in him, you still have a definitive answer. You still know what you have to do next offseason. But until that comes, you've got to see what you have in your second-round investment. I don't think this happens, Devin, Trent Williams, Trey, because the team sees themselves as having nothing to compete for this year. However, I, I wouldn't completely rule it out at this stage because Elway and, and the team knows they got to go to Drew Locke and they don't want to get him killed. They want to do as best they can to protect him and ease that transition. What better way to do that than giving up something to get Trent Williams, figure out a way to handle him on the cap. There are wizardry ways that Mike Sullivan, the cap czar, can handle that, whether it's bringing him on and giving him a new contract, converting it, signing bonuses so that you can you know, put the hits over the cap in succeeding years. There are ways to fit him in under the cap. Do you think that now factors into the decision-making? Even though the season, Zach, is there's nothing really left to play for, but you're looking ahead now to what's best for Drew Locke. Yeah, I don't. I, I maybe getting Juwan James back would help the Broncos' offensive line, so you don't have to give up another, you know, massive contract or compensation. If they would have won this game and they would fancy themselves a true win now team, I would maybe see a Williams trade. But now, I mean, to give up picks in a in a in a failed season and evaluation period, I don't. I don't really see that happening. It should be sellers, not buyers. Guys, we're running out of time here. We have a bunch of work that both Zach and I have to get to to uh, put up some reports and coverage of this game on the websites. Um, but let's grab a couple more. Cole Component says, I'm a fan of Scangarello's offense. The big problem with it this year, though, is it was made for Drew Locke. And I don't think that's actually 
I think that's true, dude. I think Joe Flacco is sticking out like a red thumb or whatever, sore thumb <laughs> in this offense because it wasn't meant for him. And it's it's meant for – look at what the San Francisco 49ers are doing right now, okay? Now, Jimmy G, let's, let's face it, he's not a super mobile athletic guy like in the vein of Colin Kaepernick at his peak or Cam Newton at his peak. But he is athletic and he is a bona fide talent and he's got arm talent and he has just a knack for making things happen. In that offense, that's what Scangarello wants to do. But that offense requires a dynamic quarterback. Right. Joe Flacco ain't dynamic. What's killing the offense and what's killing Scangarello most is Joe Flacco's uh, inability to move at all, to move inside the pocket, move around the pocket. And that's why you're going to see with Locke the playmaking ability, even if the Broncos' offensive line stays the same, even if Garrett Bowles is out there, just having a quarterback who could step up, move around, throw on the run, throw across his body, those are different elements to an offensive game. And Scangarello knows that, and he's, he's based his coaching career around that, and I think he'll thrive with that with Drew Locke. Kyle says, I commend you guys for doing this pod. There are too many demons to exercise tonight. It is a wake-up time, though. Let's stop putting the wagon ahead of the horse. And that's right, Zach. This is a come-to-the-football-gods type of moment for John Elway and company. Stop fooling themselves. And and the question is, was this enough? In your mind, Zach, do you think if you could be a fly on the wall at Dove Valley tonight in the meetings tonight and tomorrow, do you think this was enough of an embarrassment at the end of the day, we've talked about this a few times tonight, but at the end of the day, was this enough for change, to spark true and earnest change at the quarterback level from the decision makers and the shot callers of this team? I I think it's premature only because Locke is coming off the injury, and if they force him back and he gets hurt worse or whatever happens, he doesn't look his best, it's going to reflect more poorly on Elway also. It's really a tough position. I still don't think this is the game where he's in a bench flacco or put Brandon Allen in. Uh, they're going to give it a little more time, let the season play out a little more, but they know in their heart of hearts Flacco's not the answer. They should know by now anyway, and they have to know that Locke has to be on the field at some point this season. I just don't know when exactly that will be. All right, you guys. Hey, I wish, you know, I I can tell you keep your chin up, and you really should keep your chin up. Look to the future. Let's see how this team responds in the in the next few days, if there's any kind of public signaling that the team is going to move toward Locke. Even a report confirming, yes, we're going to activate Drew Locke. That would be a, a, a consolation and a sign and a, and a you know message in a bottle to the fans without completely falling on the sword that, yeah, changes in the works, it's coming. we got to wait till week nine at the soonest. I think that's coming. In the meantime, Zach, I, I think our message just has to be that a spade to spade, this team's a mess. It starts at the quarterback. Yep. The best scheming and the best uh, laid plans of Vic Fangio and Rich Gangarello are nothing in the wake of literally bottom two quarterback play in this league. And this is what I was worried about. You beat up on a couple subpar teams and you face an elite opponent who's just lost their MVP and you still can't do anything against them. It's a it's a barometer. It's, it's, a, it's a measuring stick game for Denver. And just like Elway has to do, Broncos fans have to look this team in the face figuratively and just see what they really are. It's like when someone tells you who they really are, believe them. The Broncos are telling you who they are. They're a rebuilding team or what they should be, and they're just not a contender. It's going to take a year, two years maybe, but they have a lot of fatal flaws right now and it all starts with the quarterback keep your chin up christy keep your chin up broncos country we'll see what comes of this hopefully some good can come of this okay hopefully some change some positive change can come of this but 
We'll only know in due time. In the meantime, though, that's got to do it for tonight's episode of the Gut Reaction Simulcasting Live on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks to everybody who's joined us uh, on this live pod. Zach, I had a blast in the wake of a terrible game. I had a blast talking and talking to you, talking to all the fans. It's always exciting, and uh, the commentary we get, the interaction we get from Broncos Country, and the donations, again, guys, we we very, very much appreciate that. Uh, We love doing this for you guys. We love hopping on here. And even though the Broncos aren't having a great season, we're still going to bring you these these interactive uh, podcasts. We still love connecting with you guys, so we appreciate you you hanging in there. Still football season, though. You guys are going to miss this when it's not football season, so just take it in, enjoy week by week, and uh, just hope we get through lock on the field sometime relatively soon. All right. In the meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can see here on the screen, you can find Zach on Twitter at KelbermanNFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. We will be back in the saddle with a fresh episode for you guys on Sunday night. We'll uh, we'll make that a simulcast so that we can engage with our great listeners. Probably circle about 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Sunday evening. We'll hop back on with you guys. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, keep your chin up, Broncos country. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you guys in a couple of days. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.